Hi, and welcome to the Lessons with Leslie podcast, where I share all things self-love and becoming God's version of you. Are you a woman who struggles with loving yourself or seeing yourself the way God sees you? Where you're in the right place and you're also in good company because I used to be that woman too, but thankfully I am not her anymore. My self-love journey is full of valuable lessons that I'm eager to share with you. It is my hope that I can empower you to become everything that God had in mind when he created the unique masterpiece that is called you. And yes, I'm talking to you. Thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with me today. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday to you. I hope all is well. I hope you're enjoying your summer, traveling, hanging out with family and friends, doing the things you love, or just getting some much needed rest and relaxation. Where I am, I like to call it hot, hot season. I know it's summer, but I don't even think that word adequately describes the level of heat that I still have not gotten adjusted to. So welcome to my third episode. And if you're new, thanks for checking me out. And if you're back again, you're making me feel real good. I do appreciate you. I'm so glad you all tuned in today and let's get started. In my last episode, I discussed what love is and what it isn't and how we can better love God, ourselves and those around us. So if you haven't had a chance to check that episode out yet, then please listen to that one first because it's going to build upon what we're talking about today. So I want to take it a step further and discuss how loving others and pleasing others are two totally different things. And as promised, I do have a former people-pleasing expert with us today. And you guessed it, it's me. My people-pleasing started in childhood and extended well into my mid-40s. And unfortunately, as you can see, I have plenty of experience in this area. Today, we're going to learn about what people-pleasing is, where it originates from, how it shows up in our lives, and what we can do to change it. And our lesson today is entitled, Whatever You Like. How many are familiar with the 1988 film Coming to America? If not, it's a romantic comedy. It has an all-star cast, namely two of the lead characters are Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. They play several different roles in this movie and really knock it out of the park. Coming to America depicts the life of a royal family that, family that lives in Zamunda. And Eddie Murphy's main character is Prince Akeem, and he's in search of his bride. And the movie centers around him coming to America in what I like to call undercover boss style to find a wife. So prior to taking the trip, his father decides to be a matchmaker and he wants to present him with women that he feels would be best suited. This movie is nonstop hilarious. It has a beautiful fairy tale ending. And if you haven't seen it yet, then do yourselves a favor, check it out and prepare to laugh and laugh some more. And I'm sure for those of us that have seen it, we have seen it more than once because it was just that good. So there's one character in this movie that I want to highlight because I believe she's a good example of what people-pleasing looks like. The character's name is Amani Izzy, and she's played by Vanessa Bell Calloway. She had a real small role in this movie, uh, about five minutes in length, but it was a very powerful depiction of self-abandonment all in the name of pleasing somebody else. She was presented to Prince Akeem as a potential bride. She enters the room. She has on this beautiful gold uh, custom gown. She's breathtaking. Her appearance is captivating. So Prince Akeem, he wants to get to know her. And he starts by asking her a series of questions about herself. He asked her what she preferred, what she liked, what she didn't like. And no matter the question he asked her, she would always respond by saying, whatever you like, because she wanted to be certain that he knew 
that her sole role and her sole purpose was to please him. So she even gave him free reign to decide what her answer should be. So he was even more curious. So he decided to test her boundaries. He asked her to bark like a dog, hop on one leg and sound like an orangutan. She didn't question. She didn't hesitate, but she gladly complied to all of these requests. So needless to say, all her efforts to please him was in vain. He was not impressed at all. And he dismissed her from the room. And you guessed it, in people-pleasing fashion, she walked out of, well, she didn't walk out of the room. She exited the room, hopping on one leg, barking like a dog, and sounding like an orangutan. And I know this scenario may sound like an extreme example of people-pleasing, but there are people every single day who go throughout life with a whatever-you-like mentality when it comes to other people, because I used to be one of them. When you're a people-pleaser, boundaries and limits rarely exist. So what is people-pleasing? I found a definition on scienceofpeople.com that I want to share with you. It says a people-pleaser is someone who tries hard to make others happy. They will often go out of their way to please someone, even if it means taking their own valuable time or resources away from themselves. People-pleasers often act this way because they're insecure and have a lack of self-esteem. So my own personal definition of a people pleaser is someone who's willing to do anything for anybody at any time in exchange for acceptance, love, or affirmation while totally disregarding God and themselves. People pleasers say no to God and themselves, but yes to everybody else. So where does people pleasing come from? Now, this is just my opinion, but I feel it's typically rooted in the need to be valued, heard, accepted, seen, and loved. And all of these needs are valid and they should automatically be given to us as children by our parents. But unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. And when it doesn't, the child is going to end up rejecting themselves because they feel flawed or unworthy. As children, we don't have the emotional maturity to understand that those needs can be met from within. So we resort to performing or becoming who we think our parents, our family, our friends or other people want us want us to be because it's important for us to know that we matter, to know that they see us. But I found in my years of people pleasing that either a person can't give you what they don't have or either they withhold it from you because they enjoy seeing the pain that it causes you. And that is why we cannot take our cues of how to love ourselves from broken people. Learning self-acceptance is super, super important. Here's the harsh reality about people pleasing. It's dangerous. It's adultery. And it's sinful. God clearly tells us in Exodus 20 and 3, you shall have no other gods before me. So if we're putting our total reliance in people to affirm or validate us, then they have become our idol. And boy, did I have quite a few idols in my life. So what does people pleasing look like? How can you recognize it? I want to pose some questions. Listen carefully and see if any of these traits describe you. Do you view yourself through the lens of pain, rejection, or abandonment? Does your worth come from within, or do you believe hurtful words that have been spoken over you or about you? Do you often neglect to care for your spiritual, mental, and physical well-being, all in the name of serving somebody else? Are you afraid to speak up because you don't want to rock the boat? You don't want people to be mad at you, and being liked is your barometer for feeling good about yourself. Do you go along just to get along? Do you say yes when you really want to say no? And even if you do say no, do you let guilt talk you into saying yes? When you're doing something for someone else, is that the only time you feel important or special? 
Do you live for compliments or attention from people, but you can't celebrate yourself? Do you enjoy your own company or does it take someone else being around you to brighten your mood? Are you always apologizing and seeking to make up for things that you haven't done? Do you accept blame or do you make excuses for the toxic behaviors of others? If someone disapproves of your decision, do you change it to suit them? Do you allow people to dictate what you should do? I hope these questions got you thinking because people pleasing in our lives can be disguised as putting others before ourselves or we say we're just being a servant or we're just being a quote unquote good person. But when all actuality is a mask that we wear to cover up our low self-esteem. People pleasers tend to overshare, overgive and overextend themselves in order to compensate for a lack of identity. And boy, that used to be me raising (laughs) both of my hands. You're laser focused when it comes to people pleasing because that's all you see. All of your thoughts, your actions are directed at towards getting your self-esteem, quote unquote, higher fix from another person just so you can feel normal or feel important. It actually becomes an addiction because you're always thinking of ways that you can get a person's attention or be in their space just so you can feel good about you. Sadly, you settle for the crumbs of someone else's validation when what you're missing can only be found within you. Being in people-pleasing mode makes you feel like you can never do enough, you can never be enough, so you just keep performing. And if it's not to someone's liking, you perform some more. And even when you're a people-pleaser, someone can ridicule, reject, or humiliate you, and that still does not stop you from trying to please them. And the people that we're trying to please anyway, they're going to always set the bar higher and higher each time for what it takes to please them, and they're not going to be satisfied, nor will you. Please stay tuned until the end where I will tell you a little bit about episode four. So now for the good part. What is the remedy for for people pleasing? What's the antidote? You know, how can I change it? Well, first and foremost, you've got to admit that you are a people pleaser. And if you can't be honest with yourself, then nothing else that I'm about to say is going to even matter. So honesty is the first step. And next, you want to identify how this behavior specifically shows up in your life because we all have different people-pleasing traits. So knowing yours is key. You also want to take some time to dig up and find out where it started for you. Many of us, it was in childhood as a result of abandonment or rejection from our parents. Um, Maybe you were rejected by those that should have loved you. You felt like you weren't a part of the in crowd in your school or in your neighborhood. You felt like you were the forgotten one. Everyone else received attention but you. So only you will know where people-pleasing originated for you, but you've got to dig up the root. That is necessary so that you can process it and overcome it. Because the saying goes, we will not be able to fix what we will not face. I know there's a stigma in our community, in our churches, but I am a huge proponent of Christian therapy. When there's a lot in your life to unpack and you are overwhelmed by it, you don't even know where to start, therapy is a good place. It's a safe place where you can share your heart and process the emotions as they surface with what you start to uncover. So I do encourage you to give Christian therapy a consideration as well. I have been and I would go again tomorrow if needed. People pleasing is what you're accustomed to, meaning that's your default and it's been with you for a very long time, then it's going to take effort and hard work on your part to reframe your thinking and discover the real you. But take it from me, someone who has done that hard work, it is one of the best investments you could ever make. So now you're given the task of unlearning an unhealthy and ungodly habit. 
The process is going to feel daunting, difficult, and maybe even impossible, but it's not as hard as you think because all you need to do is shift your focus to one person and he's going to help you with the rest. Many of us are Christians, but we have no clue who we are apart from our titles, our careers, or even our relationships. We have never taken the time to find our identity in Christ. When we accept Christ, yes, our spirit man is saved, but we still have a soul and a body to contend with. And our sinful ways are not going to disappear like magic. We can't say abracadabra, shazam, presto, they will not go away. These things have to be worked out of us, people pleasing included. And just like salvation can't be found in any other person, neither can our identity. We can only find out who we really are through our relationship with, with Christ. And in my opinion, there are no exceptions because we cannot detach ourselves from our creator or our manufacturer, if you will, and expect to fully understand who we are. And when it comes to our identity, no other person should be part of that equation. It should be you and God alone. So don't solicit input or opinions from anybody else. And I'm in no way saying that we don't need each other because we do, but we need to surround ourselves with people who are working towards wholeness, just like we are, and not trying to take advantage of our brokenness. All right. So let me seal this deal for you. Contrary to popular belief, you have already been accepted. You are seen, you are valued, and you are unconditionally loved. Let's pause and just let that sink in for a minute. God knew that disappointment, heartbreak, and rejection would come our way. Unfortunately, it happened sooner than later for some of us, but that's why he took great care in creating you, knowing you, loving you, even before you were conceived. And yes, it's wonderful when our friends and our family and people in general love and value us, but it is not something that we should rely on, nor should our world fall apart if it doesn't happen. And just so you know, people that benefited from you pleasing them, they are not going to be happy when you stop. Ask me how I know. <laughs> They're going to say you're acting funny, that you've changed. They may even try to guilt trip you, gaslight you, or make you feel responsible for what's happening in their lives. But do not let their actions sway you to cave in or revert back to your old ways. God never told us to please anybody anyway. He just told us to love them. So you have done the hard work. So hold your head high and maintain your freedom. Matthew 22 and 37 tells us, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So that means that all of our beings should be used to love God. The only person we should have a whatever-you-like posture towards is God. He's the only one who requires that we please him, and plus, he rewards us for it. So my advice to you is the same tenacity and dedication that we gave to people-pleasing Let's go even harder in our pursuit to please God. Let's become a God pleaser. After all, it's his well done that we should be after anyway. So I'll share with you a lesson that I learned in my decades of people pleasing. Now my identity is found in Christ and him alone. The love, validation and acceptance that I needed, I was able to find it within. Preferably, I will not make anyone an idol in my life. Rather, I will love people and I'm going to reserve all the pleasing for God. I hope something that I've shared today has resonated with you, that you are able to relate to, and there's some nuggets that you can take away and apply to your own life and become, if you are a people pleaser, no, sh no shame at all. Um, you, like I said, you listened to one that was that way for umpteen years, but thankfully 
there's always forgiveness in God. And once we do the hard work to find out who we are and find our identity in Christ, the desire to people please will take care of itself. All right, take care and we will chat real soon. So this concludes today's episode of Lessons with Leslie. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I do appreciate it. In the description of this podcast, you will find my website and social media platform information, and I would love to connect with you there. I also look forward to chatting with you every first and third Friday of the month. In the meantime, remember that you matter because you do. In Christ, you will always be enough. You are never alone, and most importantly, you are eternally and unconditionally loved. Until next time, take care.